Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Reset Gordon at the top. Guarded by Harrison. Now a switch Marvin Williams. Ball fakes a three, throws it back to Hood. Left side three is good as the horn sounds. Rodney's got 20. He's got four threes tonight as well. It's locked on Jazz for the 28th of July. How much will a bench help Gordon Hayward and Rodney Hood? The Eastern Conference forecast by ESPN. An interesting little story out of Clipperland and an unhappy Rudy Gay. It's all coming up on today's edition of Tip Off. Bum, 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 pow. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Jazz NBA Insider, this is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks very much for tuning in to uh, today's show. Appreciate it. I'm going to be really honest with you. Uh, I know exactly where we're going with today's show, but I have not had time to prepare it the same way I usually do. So there'll be a little bit. So you're just going to have to ride with me. Um, I don't have time today. I got some things I got to get done and get to right away. And so therefore, we're going to do all the things I said. I want to look at, and we're going to look at them live. I'm gonna, I want to look at Rodney Hood and Gordon Hayward and what the impact of not having the other one on the floor was this year. Uh, I think that will show us a little bit of what the improved depth will do to help this team. Uh, then we'll look at the ESPN Eastern Conference forecast quickly, uh, and then I am aware of a news story or two I want to get to. So that's that's the plan today. Uh, elsewhere on the Lockdown Podcast Network, Lockdown Pelicans had Tim Bontemps on of the Washington Post, uh, who's a very, very good NBA writer, so that's a good interview uh, when you're done with that. Orlando Magic did a Carmelo player rankings, which is interesting. That's the 538 uh, numbers look at. Um, Lockdown Celtics discussed a little bit of what Rob Mahoney said to me on Lockdown NBA, if you haven't heard that already. So there's some really good ones out there uh, for you today. Uh, Lockdown Hornets had an interesting conversation about Roy Hibbert, who is uh, be- kind of quickly become a dinosaur uh, along the way. So uh, there we are. That's, that's where we stand with uh, what's on the network today as well. So let's just get to it, and uh, you're going to have to just you know understand that today – Unlike most days where it's well laid out, prepared, and all those things uh, where, you know, quite honestly, I'm throwing it together um, a tiny bit. Let's go to pins across the world. I'm actually going to start. We've, a lot of you are new listeners. I've seen our numbers. Uh, I'm going to go back, get some old ones, and then I'm actually going to start uh, using, uh, redoing some at some point in time. So if you're welcome to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com to throw that in. Weston Porter, you can stick a pin in Morgan, Utah, for my grandparents, Jay and Vera Porter. I love Morgan, Utah. My grandparents were devoted jazz fans since the team arrived in 79. My grandma had a crush on Carl Malone. Used to always say personality plus when referring to Carl. My cousins and I were left to speculate what that meant exactly. I love grandmas. The jazz organization is so great they 
once responded to my letter from my grandpa, inviting them both to come meet the players and coaches before a game, also treated them to lower bowl seats. Jerry had to kindly refuse when my grandpa asked if he could join the bench as an assistant coach. I like your grandparents, Weston. Those sound like good people. My grandparents have both passed away, but I still think of them every time I watch. Thank you for all you do from a fan's perspective. That is awesome. Thank you, Weston. That's just terrific. Um... It is that is kind of the essence of pins across the world. The the how the jazz um, have integrated into our society and meant uh, so much to so many of the families uh, around. All right, let's go do a little research project together. Um, hopefully, this is going to be a case where I'm good enough with our stats and web pages and everything else that I and uh, that I've saved a bunch of these things that I can go. Uh, find these really quickly. But one thing I thought came to fruition when we talked about Rodney Hood. Uh, was that when when we looked at Rodney Hood earlier this week and his numbers were considerably better when Gordon was on the floor and I think that's what that's what's noticeable about that is that this year hopefully with the addition of George Hill uh, with hopefully Dante having an offensive impact not just a defensive impact with uh, Joe Johnson on the floor I think Rodney and Joe will probably play together a good deal that Rodney will suddenly uh, find a way to get better looks and improve offensively. When Rodney played on the floor with Gordon Hayward last year, he shot 40, he played 24 of his minutes. So it's this is the majority, you know, 33% of the time, 25% of the time he was off the floor. Uh, he had to play without Gordon. So it's not a, it's not going to be a, it's not going to change his numbers dramatically. It's just going to give him a nice little uptick. Uh, he shot 43%. Uh, when Gordon was off the floor, he shot thirty-nine point eight. It's a subtle little difference. Three-point shooting was thirty-seven percent compared to thirty-four percent when Rodney Hood or when Gordon Hayward was off the floor. Again, nothing, nothing enormous, but enough that it probably causes a little bit of an uptick. And where it jumped out the most was in the mid-range. Where when Hayward's on the floor, Gordon Rodney's doing his little pound down, getting into that spot, and he shoots forty eight percent. When Gordon's off the floor, he shoots thirty nine percent. And I think that's just a case the defenses weren't leaving uh, when Gordon's on the floor. Won't leave George Hill. Won't leave Joe Johnson. And Rodney will have more room to work in that same area along the way. So I think you know I do think that there's a little bit of a uh, a worthwhile uh, note to that. As the season went on, I think some of those things became more relevant, more obvious uh, for the difference between these guys. Um, if you look at it, I, I'm not a huge per 36-minute guy. NBA's done some actually interesting things where they have like per minute, an hour, per possession. But if you look at it per 36 minutes and you try to equalize it, what's interesting also is when Rodney is on the floor with Gordon. He took 13 shots for 36 minutes, but when he's off the floor, he took 15.6. So he clearly was forced to increase his usage rate a, a fairly significant amount, and that led to that inefficiency. And I would think that that's something that would, would go away. Uh, his usage rate was 26% of the possessions when Gordon's off the floor, 20% when he's on. 
And I'm not sure I think that he should be using 26% of the possessions. The other one is his turnover ratio was at 12% when Gordon's off the floor and 8% when he's on. So there's there's really a huge increase there. Now let, let's switch sides for, for Gordon. How important was Rodney for Gordon? Uh, and And look at it because this is one where, again, when Gordon was on the floor, it was usually with Neto or Mack later in the year, Rodney uh, for 79 of the games, and then Favors and Gobert. So Rodney's your one floor spacer. Gordon had to play uh, more of his minutes, about 33% of his minutes. So Rodney played 25% of his minutes without Gordon. Gordon played 33, a little more, 35% without Rodney. And the impact is that Gordon shot 448 or 45% with Rodney on the floor, and 41% with him off. Three-point shooting, 38% with Hayward on the, with, with uh, Hood on the floor, 31% with him off. This is what I suspected. These are the first time I've looked at these numbers. They're bigger than I suspected also. Th- that's considerably bigger difference. Uh, so what that'll do for Gordon Hayward, so clearly if Joe Ingles, Chris Johnson, Howell Neto, are on the floor, understandably, the other teams just simply didn't guard them at all. We saw it. We talked about it all the time during the season. that There just was no room at all. If we put this into, um, if we go flip this into per 36 minutes here, um, it actually doesn't matter whether, you, you know, if you just do per minute, per 36. I just randomly chose per 36. Um, there's some per possession stuff that is cool and per 100 possession stuff that you could do. But if you look at it again, when Rodney's off the floor per 36 minutes, Gordon had to take two and a half more shots per 36 minutes. That's a lot. Uh, he had he took a three, a three and a half, a 1.33s more. He went to the free throw line a bit more, to his credit. Uh, but the, the efficiency difference when he was on the floor, his turnover rate uh, that we were talking about earlier, again, up uh, to 29. His usage rate was at 29% when Rodney's off the floor, 24% when it's on. His turnover rate was actually about the same. But his effective field goal percentage overall, 51 compared to 46.6. So a huge difference for both these guys. Uh, where on the floor impacted Gordon the most is uh, it looks to be in the paint non-restricted area. That Gordon is 48% there when he, Roddy's off the floor. He's 37%. He was actually getting about the same amount of shots. Otherwise, um, the above the break three, Gordon shot 36% and then 30% when Rodney was off. So uh, I, I think that's pretty telling right there. That's what I was expecting to see. As I said, we're kind of all doing this together for the first time today. Uh the, the concepts were in my head. The pre-prep was not. So um, it's really interesting to see that difference. And that's encouraging to me. I mean, a lot of this then falls on AB. Uh, but also if Lyles is a little bit better, uh, if if George Hill can do what I think. Uh, George Hill's the move that just is a game changer to everything involving the Jazz uh, to me. So that's really that's kind of exciting stuff. By the way, if you'd like to advertise on the program, right here and now is where your ad would, the first ad would likely go. So you can email me at DLock. It's actually a sponsorship. You sponsor the program. It's a way of saying thanks and getting your company out there. You get an opening mention. You get a 60-second ad, and you get a closing mention. And I think you'd be surprised. I don't know if it's appropriate for me to say how much things are. Um, the But I would tell you that the, I think you'd be pleased on – the rate by which uh, it's not it's not crazy it's not outrageously expensive 
Okay, I guess I would just uh, say that. So you can do that if you'd like to. We'd love to have you aboard. That would be really fun uh, to do that. By the way, Jazz season tickets are on sale right now. Upper Bowl starts as nine at six dollars per game. Six dollars per game. I was with some people for lunch the other day who are in part of the renovation. Uh, not this year, but next year, the Upper Bowl experience is going to be just incredibly, incredibly different. I don't know what I'm allowed to say, um, but so but just trust me. So that Mike really consider doing Upper Bowl season tickets uh, so that you are in the building and there for the renovations a year after. Lower Bowls are a little more. They start at $42 per game. Uh, if you buy Jazz season tickets, you get an eight-day, seven-night stay in Mexico, Vivante Resorts. Uh, you get best seat locations in each area uh, of price section. You get access to exclusive events, and you get playoff tickets. So give them a call, 355-DUNK and Utah Jazz. Dot com, utahjazz.com. Also, partial tickets are available uh, for 22 games or 11 games. All right, uh, I, ESPN uh, forecast we did yesterday uh, on – they did Rookie of the Year today. I don't think any of us care about that uh, because, frankly, we don't have any rookies. Uh, but they did do the Eastern Conference, which probably is not um, as, as big a deal to us, but I thought it's interesting because I don't really know – I think the East is kind of a – I don't really know where it's going. So the bottom of the East is Brooklyn, which is probably true. Philadelphia, they have tied, uh, both of them pretty bad. Orlando, they have 13th. So that that's interesting. Um, with all their moves and everything they've done, uh, they still hold at 13th. That will cost some people their jobs. But they also have this as a very kind of close match. That's at 35 wins. Miami, they have at 36 wins with the loss of Luel Dang and Joe Johnson – in Dwayne Wade. Milwaukee, who a lot of people really like this offseason, is at 39 wins in 11th. Chicago, who I'm not sure I get what they did, is at 40. They only have them losing two more games than last year. Um, you know, Rondo, Wade, and Butler combined last year to shoot 32% from three. That's their three guys. That's just not going to work. Uh, Doug McDermott or Miritich is going to have to shoot well. Uh, the Knicks and the Bulls, they have tied at night. That's actually a fun debate. Who's who do you like more? The Wizards at 8th under new head coach Scott Brooks. Charlotte at 7th at 43. Atlanta at 6th with Dwight Howard at 44. Indiana, who I don't like anything they've done, at 45. So that's interesting. Um, Real plus minus, he, Hill was 17th last year. Teague was 29th. Hill has been better than Teague in real plus minus each of the last three years. Why would Indiana be better? Detroit at fourth at 45. I mean, the, the other number, the other thing here is the number of wins. This They have Toronto and Boston tied for 2-3 and then Cleveland winning it. So, not I, I mean, really what it almost says is that Boston and Toronto are the only ones that are po- plus 50 wins to go with Cleveland. That's That's a little discouraging maybe um, along the way. All right, the uh, few interesting notes. The NBA Players Union, uh, with a bunch of money, has decided that they will improve retiree benefits, which is really, really cool. The Vegas is a possibility for the 2017 All-Star Game. They have not placed that yet, and it's just going to be, no matter where they go, People are going to be upset about the fact that they left Charlotte and they're going to find something politically wrong with where they're going. This is this is not a win situation uh, for them. CBSSports.com did a piece in which they talked about the 
um, seven players, Zach Harper did this, uh, who are third-year players that are going to take a jump. So this is really that draft class. I would, um, Again, this is something that uh, I saw Zach did and I put out there. Uh, I'm guessing that we're going to see Rodney in this list. Aaron Gordon and Andrew Wiggins are the one that everyone's talking about. And let's get rid of – that's free advertising I wasn't planning on giving. Um, Rodney Hood is the third most likely player uh, to make the jump there. Uh, it would be interesting. I mean, I, I talked about this the other day. I agree. Um, Clint Capella, Zach Levine, Marcus Smart are all mentioned. He doesn't mention – he puts Jabari in the honorable uh, mention area, which, which is interesting. And I think Julius Randle is a third-year player to me. be interesting to see with a new coach, particularly because Larry Nance is pretty darn good uh, to see that. The other news story of interest is that the trainer that Blake Griffin punched out – has left the Clippers. I don't know um, whether or not that's, um, you know, I don't know what the story on that, but Matthias, uh, I think Testy was his name, Um, he has left the team, which is, um, you know, it just seems kind of weird. This is a guy, you know, the story, by the way, was that they were such great friends, right, that they were such inseparable great friends, and now he's leaving the team. So I think that's interesting. Um, the assistant GM of the Hawks, Michael Blackstone, is leaving. That's uh, Mike Budenholzer is running that whole show, so that's those positions are probably more important than others. Uh, and then finally, Rudy Gay uh, kind of complained about that they haven't talked to him. There's all this talk, and no one's talked to him. I, I, I wonder on these things, what is a team supposed to do? So are you supposed to call Rudy Gay and say, hey, Rudy, we're really trying to trade you, but damn, nobody wants you, and we're not sure we're going to be able to get rid of you. Like, what are you supposed to tell Rudy? Hey, if there's a chance you're not going to be able to move him, I mean, the rumors are out there. I guess he knows. But I always think it's weird when players say they haven't communicated with me. I'm not sure what I think a team is supposed to say. Anyone got anyone on that? Because that, uh, that's beyond me. All right, I hope that was all right for you today. Kind of a low-key, just hanging out. It's kind of where we started this show before it became a little bigger deal with a little larger audience. I thank you guys. I do have a question for you. Uh, coming up here, we're going to go to once or twice a week in August. One, I got an email the other day that people would like me to pull back out some of those get-to-know interviews I did last year with our players over the last few years and put those back together. Uh, is that is that something you'd like? You know, old old Gordon Hayward, Derek Favors, Roddy Hood sit-downs, Howell Neto last year, uh, from guys who were on the team last year, old sit-down interviews, or would you rather have me talk to Harp or Thurl or, or one of those guys, uh, Ron Boone, about what's going on with the team? So give me, give me a little feedback on that, dlock09 at gmail.com. That is today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You can go check out the other Locked on Podcast Network shows. I mentioned Tim Bodkamp's On with the Pelicans today is an awfully good one. Uh, I thought the Hornets' discussion about Roy Hibbert and whether or not he could come back to have an impact is good uh, as well. Uh, the Locked on Fantasy is NBA Draft 2014 NBA Draft Review is a good show, enjoyable to be around. He does some some really good shows. Uh, so check it all out, whatever your favorite team is. Uh, we added yesterday Locked On Buck Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We should be adding a few uh, other Locked On NFLs here in announcements today, so keep an eye on that. Talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in.
Have a good one. This is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.